to another episode of Underbench Staples. My name is Russell. And my name is Patrick. And uh, a day late, but sounding great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. Mon- Monday, Monday wasn't a great day, so we delayed everything. Uh, so we are still coming to you with two episodes tonight, essentially, which is going to be great for you, or possibly not. However, keeping them as two individual episodes of this. Otherwise, that's going to screw everything up even course. further. So, it's a new week in the workroom, and it's a very interesting concept week coming along. So, everyone comes in, uh, it's Mystery Box Day, and they were told there would be two surprises. Number one, only one person is going to go home this week, which is probably a uh, breathing a big sigh of relief into all of their lungs. And secondly, everyone is going to be split into, excuse me, teams of three. I held that for suspense. I didn't burp, I swear. Um, which is quite an interesting idea. Uh, each day, a team will take on... One of those teams will take on a, a team of professional chefs. So this is essentially home cooks versus pros. And if they are successful... So essentially, if the winner... Uh, the best dish in the evening's cook is done by one of the contestants, the entire team remains safe from elimination. Asterix. And why is that? Asterix is grace. Asterix is grace. Because she wasn't she was unwell for the last yes. elimination challenge. So therefore she is part of an elimination, regardless. So. so, and it's Grace who ends up in this trio today, in today's episode. It's Grace, Antonio, and Rhiannon who have drawn the colours to compete in this episode. And they're competing against a team of three from Nomad in Sydney. Sydney and recently opened an outpost in Melbourne as well. Hatted. Uh, yes, a hatted restaurant. Three chefs. Jackie, who is the uh, owner and uh, executive chef. Brendan is head chef, I believe. And then uh, Lacan, who is the a senior chef and pastry chef uh, at the restaurant as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really love seeing the outside world coming into the Master Chef kitchen without it being necessarily a beat the chef challenge. I guess a kind of it's nice seeing them in this environment mm. of having to do a mystery box but without going too far ahead it was interesting to see that throughout the week they're going to be doing the challenges that are set for the days regardless it's not going to be all mystery boxes all week which I think adds to the excitement of this entire week as well it sure does mm. and of course they had to cook from the box and the ingredients in the box were pork chop pineapple fennel sand crab beetle leaves jerk beans um, that other thing that I couldn't Priscilla Rosella Rosella yeah um, jerk beans hello panda biscuits and watercress so an eclectic box yeah. to choose from and like uh, th- I think the mystery within it is why these ingredients in a lot of ways um, but I think a lot of potential to go down several different uh, avenues with these dishes really good quality ingredients on one end and then using some like preserves and sweet treats as well kind of just to screw things around and they all only had to choose 
or to include at least one ingredient. And However, I think pretty much everybody through a combination of them. Yeah, and, and it's good to see. Um, interestingly, seeing them um, slightly work as a team and not individually in a, ma- in a mystery uh, box was quite interesting. Mm. Um, instead of all running to their individual benches, they ran together to kind of think about what they could make together, even though they were competing against each other. Uh, but are competing with each other really different dynamic to a normal mystery box but I kind of liked it and I think it kind of helped each other spur each other on Mm. and in a way even though the pros are competing as a team and the contestants are kind of competing as a team the pros are competing inside themselves yeah the contestants are competing inside themselves and then everybody is competing against everybody else yeah so it comes down to who is the best of the plates on the day and it could be anybody uh do you feel that this should have been done blind um do i, get I that, feel it should be blind i get that mystery boxes are not done blind anyway I just don't I don't know why it's kind of like you do love a blind tasting <laughs> I do actually yeah you love a blind tasting I, I don't know I don't know I just there's something about it that I was just like is it is it fair knowing that the professional cooked this or not I guess but I guess there's not as much entertainment if it's just Shannon going around being like okay what are you cooking it is so much more entertaining when the three of them are meandering around it's also a great opportunity for them to get to know know the cooks and everything and I guess you do have to compare them because they're all choosing out of the same ingredients Mm. it isn't as if it's a case of like the contestants could only choose out of these and the pros could only choose out of that it's all the same. They're all kind of stemming out of the same same inspiration. Yep. So I don't think it should be um, judged blind. Okay. Well, it's a bit late now. It's broadcast anyway. Yeah. Um, let's go through contestants one by one as well as their judging. Okay. Right. So will we start with our contestants first? Let's do it. Okay. Who do you want to go with first? Let's go for Rhiannon. Okay. Who chose to do sweet instead of her comfort area of savoury. Yes. Now, she still added a bit of chilli in there. So, you know, her signature bit of thing. She's always big on flavour. She likes to add lots of layers of flavour as much as possible. And this instant instance, she very much did that. Yeah. The chilli is her on a plate. Mm just how everything else is her on a plate mm, so I would expect her on a plate here and did she put her on a plate I think she put her on a plate okay so she did a fennel ice cream with uh, an upside down pineapple cake yes and there was like bits of uh, was it like candied or like pickled something I can't remember exactly the description of it but there was like a pickled and roasted kind of flavour of the pineapple on top yeah so almost I described it as being like a gremolata type of thing of pineapple on top so lovely little bits just because it wasn't necessarily the most attractive looking upside down cake but that layering and then a few zesty um, you know kind of touches on top the thing I loved about this dish was the combination of her adding her chilli flair into it and the clever way of using 
the the brine from the um the pickled I'm not familiar with those the what were they the beans the jerk beans jerk beans yeah called. yeah I'm not familiar with them they're obviously an Aussie thing yeah um yeah you continue talking there and I'm gonna look up jerk beans so the judges uh, uh, just to add on to your point yes the plating and the style of dish that she chose to do was a bit old school a bit 70s 80s hard to present it prettily especially if you're competing against other sweets and they are beautiful um the judges ate her up they did literally quite literally and figuratively yeah they ate her up they called her a master of flavors Mm. they of course they clock like you just can't help yourself the pinch of chili it's through all of your dishes and that is now becoming her signature thing. it is now I guess that's going to be a thing that she might have to veer away from at some point just to show that she can't rely on the spiciness mm. but I'm glad to see her do well with a dessert I think it's great to do a risky thing I guess there is a comfort blanket of look if we lose it's the three of us who lose if we win it's the three of us who win asterisks totally. um, just to tell you about jerk beans I looked it up there the okay my mouth's wet sorry I want these try these crisp jerk beans if you like surprises the sweet and tangy brine is rounded out with thyme garlic allspice black peppercorns followed up with a massive spike of habanero chilies jerk beans are perfect straight out the jar with a glass of your favourite ale but we also love them in a grilled Cuban sandwich or as a mm. side to barbecue meats. Adds a fiery kick to a Bloody Mary, Red Snapper or Martini. I need these. Are they kidney beans no, in it or no. is it a green beans. type of... Huh? Green beans green and a brine beans. of vinegar, water, salt, sugar, garlic, habanero and the spices. Yeah. Girl, so, I'm making these. I'm getting some green beans. So like, this. it's a thin style of a jerk paste it has the allspice it has mm. the chilli it has mm. the thyme it has all of those things except it's in a brine so I love that stunning yeah, cool. okay I need those um, um, next contestant Antonio Antonio who cooked uh, again kind of he likes a deconstructed kind of vibe doesn't he but I guess it works because it's not deconstructed for the sake of it it's to allow the layers kind of build up and in this mm. case uh, he did a a fennel pineapple sorbet with a watercress crumb candied rosellas and a jam and a rosella jam now he didn't get a lot of airtime no in the episodes so no. I kind of knew about halfway through okay he probably isn't in contention and they tasted him straight after Yannon yeah so I kind of knew it'd go high, kind of low. Yeah. And they said that he didn't quite get there, that he has to work on the flavours, that they appreciate the approach. It was good flavours mm. and it was balanced, but it just wasn't enough. The fatal error for him was the jam. Um, not familiar with Rosellas myself. Are you? Not at all. No. I I hadn't heard of them ever before. Until this episode. Until this episode. <laughs> the learning you do. Um, but apparently, they look Thank like you. hibiscus. They look like hibiscus flowers, which they possibly could be. Again, talk and I'll, and I'll Google. How about that? Because um, when we're watching the episode, we never Google things. But, I don't know. 
they look pretty, but I guess that they are a little bit um, tough. A giant form of hibiscus. Hmm. So I do get the toughness of them. Hmm. Um, I thought Antonio's flaw was that he chose quite a few of the ingredients and tried to combine them in a sweet, yeah. which almost, or at least half of the things he used were savoury. Mm. And he tried to kind of turn them into an application of sweet. Mm. I just think like if he edited out an ingredient yeah. and hadn't to try to combine them yeah. to balance everything out, yeah. I think he'd have been in a stronger p- position. So that's Antonio. Um, can we move on to the pros before we go to Grace? Because obviously you've watched the episode, so you know who becomes victorious. So let's talk about Grace at the very end of this. Okay. Uh, and let's talk about the three uh, guests into the kitchen. Shall we stick on sweet? Yeah, let's stick on sweet. So Lacan. Lacan did an olive oil... Parfait. Mm. He he had planned to do it on beetle leaves, correct? Or uh, I think it was a beetle leaf and olive, olive oil, oil parfait. parfait. And he changed after it. He had to pivot. It to, split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we were having this discussion as the episode aired of like, why would you do a parfait here? Because it's MasterChef Australia and they bloody love a parfait. They love a parfait. But like of all of those ingredients that you have, why a parfait now in that time constraint? He knew he had to heat things up, cool them down completely, add them together, then chill them and freeze them. And I'll tell you why, because he's not thinking like a chef. He's thinking like a contestant because he said that during lockdown, much like ourselves, he watched a lot of MasterChef and it got him through it. That could have been his flaw then. And that's possibly, he possibly just wanted to play in the playground. He didn't want, he didn't want to win a trophy. He just wants to have a go in the playground and he's probably like, I keep seeing people making parfaits. I want a parfait. Um, can we talk the about how beautiful the, wow. the 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 torched and charred um, pineapple on top? Yeah, absolutely beautiful. It was pretty as a picture. It was one of the most beautifully um, plated up parfaits I've seen in yeah. a long time on this. I really, really was impressed with that. He turned it into a like hemispherical cake or a circular cake. Mm. Um, Oh, it's gorgeous. Put it in the cake mould, in the freezer, then unmolded it so that it had this, like, pure perfection um, of the parfait and then all of those gorgeous things on the top. Yeah. Beautifully done. Excellent texture. Mm. I thought it had been in contention to win. Yeah. Ned, it did say uh, it needed a, a bit more balance. Acidic, acidic, yeah, acidity yeah. Or um, but otherwise, it was a great anchor for all the flavors on top. I guess a very good generic base, and all the flavors could sing on the other side of it, which is great. Mm. Uh, moving on to Brendan, who uh, doesn't get onto the hibachi chart <clears throat> despite using one because he's a guest. Oh. The barbecued pork chop. Um, he could still be by the end of the series in in that list, mm. and there could be actual contestants who've come and gone who aren't on that list true that's true 
Will I add them to it? Just say, yeah. Okay, I'll add them to it. Um, our, our show, our rules. Okay, fine. Um, he did the barbecued pork chop with burnt pineapple s- uh, salad, salsa, salsa. Uh, a fennel puree with a touch of watercress. And now they did say that this is a riff on a signature of Nomad. Mm. So this is in he's also really really tall very tall really tall um, so this is in his wheelhouse mm. he was probably the least creative in the things I heard of this is kind of the things he does anyway safe good grand executed it really really well again I don't think he got heaps of screen time so I kind of knew that he wasn't quite in contention yeah um they did say it was perfectly cooked and seasoned pork chop. It looked sensational. Sure did. It looked beautiful. They did say maybe a little bit of a vinaigrette to bring it all together. And I could even, by looking at it, I kind of felt mm. it did lack just a little dressing of something to bring it all together. But really top effort there. Then it was all about Jackie. Jackie. Yes, Jackie. So Jackie did a very simple but very very technical crab salad so she grabbed the crab straight away and kind of did her take on a starter and this is the thing that the pros kind of agreed between themselves that they'd kind of do a starter a main and a sweet and this was a fennel and crab layered salad Mm. it had layers of crab layers of fennel in all kinds of flavours And Jackie kind of spent, I'd say, a good half of the challenge just tasting everything, adjusting, Mm -hmm. had everything prepped. I think hers had been cold, so she kind of had that time to spend. Yeah. It was stunningly plated on a hill of salt Mm -hmm. in the crab shell itself. Really gorgeous. Really gorgeously done. Um, I love that the fact that the judges said even, it was actually Jock who said it, that even in a blindfold he could tell that it was her dish. It's so signature. It's so her style. um, And it really showed her skill to bring elements together and deliver greatness. And I think even on something so simple, I'm even thinking crab fennel I'm like okay great did you use any underbenches like oh, you know the salt the, you know like such a simple mm-hmm. group of ingredients but just really considered and well done I think the thing that gave her away was the use of smoke yeah that the judges commented that she b- balanced the acidic and the freshness but also added in smoke, mm. added in fat mm. to kind of offer that dimension over mm. the um, other flavours. So hit it out of the park, I would say, yep. and had been in contention to win. However, we did have a winner and it was Grace in the end. Now, bearing in mind that the th- whoever comes top of this gets out of... Uh, you know doesn't have to compete in the elimination challenge except for Grace so it's kind of ironic (laughs) that a girl wins pushes the boat out and still gets into elimination but her attitude was really really interesting she kind of came in going I'm in elimination anyway I might as well take risks. I might as well do something a bit experimental because regardless, if I do well, the other two get through. Happy days. If I don't, I'm still an elimination or someone else might be good. 
I don't think the other two would have beaten Jackie. No. If, let's say, Grace flopped. Yeah. So it was a good thing she did not flop. And this dish sounded incredible. A brined pork chop, a uh, rosilla and pineapple sauce on a beetle leaf. Taco, tempura. tempura kind of thing, cracker, I guess. Bit of an, a bit of an experiment, very, very fun. The comments, well, firstly, the judges crunching on it. The sound alone was incredible, breathtakingly yeah. beautiful sounding. The oh my god, you nailed it comment, I think, sealed the deal. Yeah, it was really, really impressive. Amazing. Mm. I of all of the things today it's the thing I was the most intrigued about because I couldn't understand it in her explaining it to the judges at the start but then by the end it just looked crunchy and sticky and sweet and salty in Mm. all of the right ways Mm. Um, Grace I have to say Grace also used the hibachi so another uh, person gets added to the hibachi church she's at the bottom alongside Amy but Amy's gone so that's not going to happen and Rhiannon as well Theo 2 and Brent on 3 so really really proud of her for kind of doing that like I think some people who know that kind of situation would probably have gone uh, whatever yeah. she really pushed the boat and went creative totally. and even they were blown away by the creativity of it um, again beetle leaf is not something that's found here in Ireland so not very familiar with it but the fact that they said like the flavour perfumed just into the tempura so it just that's kept that. giving flavour like even that alone sounded I mean, amazing just to tempura. add layers and layers of flavour and then the pork chop was cooked whole but then was just cut into the nicest little mouth sized pieces is that right yeah bite sized pieces on top of the taco really gorgeous again to tempura a leaf mm. is incredibly hard mm. because it is so thin yeah. it could go so soggy it could drink up the oil if the batter isn't correct like mm. so many things could have gone wrong there and they didn't. Even in the layering of flavour that she did do, the most, I think one of the cleverest things that she did was with the uh, pork. And it was using the brine. the brine from, again, the jerk beans all over again, using the brine from that to marinate and tenderize and add flavour to that pork chop. Genius move. Because the judges could taste it. Yeah. But... If that was just an everyday brine, I don't think that it would have been the case. It's because it had those herbs and spices yeah. in it yeah. that it really came through. Yeah. And really that impressive. was a genius thing to do. Yeah. So really, really proud of her. I think great shout. Really glad that she's done it. We did say in the last couple of episodes, in the episode before, she uh, didn't wasn't there for the elimination. She just didn't seem right. She didn't seem to be firing on all cylinders in a lot of ways with her cooking and her attitude and everything. So it's great to see her get this and get a bit of a you know a boost. Hopefully she does well. Um, obviously, I'm trying to figure out what happens in an elimination situation if no one else we will get to that by the end of the week if that happens I'm sure there will be others in there because it would be boring otherwise yeah and like they have these 
guest chefs in all week long. Yeah. I'm sure there's strong contenders there. Yeah. Speaking of strong contenders, before we go, we have to smash or pass. Yes. So your smash dish, you can go first on this one. I think I know which one you're going to say. My smash dish is a lacan. Oh. I want to try that parfait just because I hadn't envisaged it at all and how he plated it sold it to me okay My, I'm, oh, I'm gonna have a spoon of that okay um, uh, no we're not playing this you choose one and one only I'm choosing I, one I'm not offering a spoon of anything I else. am picking one I'm having it all there's a lot of it though I, I don't care I just think you should be looking after yourself a bit better my smash is going to be Grace's I seem to always gravitate towards the winning dish and I think that's a little bit obvious but the winning dish I think the judges and me we, we, we're all on the same page in a lot of cases um, <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, but no this dish really impressed me the mix of fire smoke pickle f- chilli all of those different things to me are just right up my street so absolutely go for that uh, my past dish I would probably say is Antonio's I would agree yeah Antonio's um, looked good sounded good everything like that but like just wasn't the most fire dish for me in this particular episode unfortunately unusual combination of ingredients and I think if you scored each of the six in a in a rank mm. he would be last place yes yeah, I think so. so so that's it for now uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, very very shortly wherever you find your podcasts as we continue on this what was the title of the week 3v3 or I think it's called uh, Home Cooks versus Pro Cooks oh that sounds better yeah yeah let's go with that one as we continue Home Cooks versus Pro Cooks week here on Underbench Staples bye bye Thank you.